Hello everybody, welcome and welcome back to B&B Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. Yeah, yeah, that that Blue, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One of these days we'll figure out where we are. We do video, screen. hooray! <laughs> <laughs> we sit here and look at each other and that's about as far as this gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't know where it actually ends up. Who knows? Who knows? I don't, I don't know. It's great. Anything. All's great. Yeehaw! I also don't Yeehaw. know anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, how's you? I'm tired. <laughs> I just got done with a vacation, and I am tired. Mm. Oh. I spent the vacation dog-sitting, um, watching a oh. shit ton of Critical Role, and doing a bunch of D&D prep. Uh, that's fun. Yeah, I made my custom DM screen. I put a coat of varnish on it today, and I put the last coat on it tomorrow, so it will be ready for this Friday's game. Yay! I've seen it. i already seen it. (laughs) You have, and you will get to see the finished uh, version probably Wednesday is whenever we're going to put the hinges on it, and it'll all be good to go. So I'm very excited about that. I just noticed that my thermos the brand is mana and i'm like oh. Oh, cool I'm just drink a mana potion Don't yeah look me. at that i uh <laughs> <laughs> did i show you homemade D potion bottle things no you said you was gonna make them but you didn't i haven't seen the the finish i'm slacking what sort of friend am i <laughs> a bad one apparently uh, yeah i mean it's it's par for the course at this point it, it's fine <laughs> so <laughs> I <laughs> I made eight of them, and six of them are usable. Two of them, I fucked up. Oh, I I, I got the epoxy resin ratio off, so oh, I'm assuming okay. I didn't get enough cure in them because they are still mm. tacky. A month later, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, so yeah, it's fine. But they um, still have dust uh, them with cornstarch or something like that. They're not going to look that great. <laughs> No. But I designed them to where I have a health potion colored resin in the bottom of them. And then the ones that actually Mm. cured out and are hard, I have the number of dice in them that you roll. And then I have a label on them that says what type of potion it is and how to do the math that it adds up Mm -hmm. for it. So Mm. that way my players don't have to ask me a damn question. All they got to do is just bloop. Roll it, nice. do the math, and then give me the potion back. <laughs> That's great. I'm having yeah. fun. My uh, my players have decided to punch me in my feels a lot. Mm. <laughs> it was uh, it's great. They have been doting on me way too much, and you know as well as I know that uh, you and I are incredibly similar in that we don't like people doting on us. It's too much squish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The the most we give each other is like, like once a year around our birthdays, and it's like, hey, you're like kind of cool. <laughs> For reals, though. Oh, uh, it's like your uh, birthday message that I wrote. It's just like, ha ha, squirm. <laughs> and I'm just like, thanks, my guy. Cool. It's just, Move you, on. Yeah, it's like you know, it's just ha, squirm. And then it's just back to business as usual. <laughs> oh, 
it's great but yeah so they they did that um i have my kimono hanging behind me because that is now my ceremonial dm outfit moving forward (laughs) which is so cool oh it is so cool they messaged me and they were like hey so listen if we buy you a kimono will you wear that and only that to our dnd sessions moving forward and Mm -hmm. i was like yeah only that what are you doing in (laughs) dnd don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) okay i didn't know you were taking this dungeon master thing so seriously wow (laughs) Just call me Dungeon Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You should get paid for that. Seriously, why are you doing that for free? Oh, no, it's costing me money. (laughs) Nah. Charge. (laughs) Eventually, oh, Depending on how things continue to go, I might end up doing those online campaigns where, you know, I can charge people. Just Mm. I still got to get more set in my ways and get more comfortable in my DMing. Mm -hmm. So by the time we start our online game back and then by the time I start the work game, I'll have three different campaigns going. (laughs) So I should be very comfortable in my ways at that point to where I'll feel like I can potentially start charging people money. We should have, like, we should do certain audio recordings that you can just whip out. Like, we'll have, like, a a back pocket for you of, like, scenes. And then whenever you're, like, in the mood, like, shit's just like, ah, I can whip this out. You can just bang out an audio recording. (laughs) Could could one hundred percent do that? Just like oh, you all of a sudden there's a, an appearance of uh, God and Goddess having a conversation. Bam, got an audio recording for you. Play. <laughs> oh, We're in a tavern I... and some mysterious fellows just walked in. Bang, audio recording. Play. <laughs> play. Soldier B, play. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh. <laughs> Speaking of, I've actually been working on the script that you and I were talking about between the Matron of Ravens and uh, the Wild Mother. I have been working on that a little bit. So I'm just, just, just purely for shits and giggles. I, I think that'll be fun. I think that'll be great. I still need to actually record that script with Brianna. We'll we'll get there mm-hmm. eventually. <laughs> it was about like yeah. us trying to sit down to actually record that. It's like, we'll get to it. And then it's like, oh shit, we kind of need that. <laughs> yeah. Oops, it's been five weeks. <laughs> Literally, that, that's pretty much how it was. I saw her twice over the weekend, and we discussed it for like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. So it's fine. It's fine. All is well. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's about all I got. What you been up to? How you been? Um, I find out about the results of my CT scan tomorrow. Let so. me know. Yeah, hopefully it's all good and my bones all glued back together again and I can take this damn thing off because it's been four months and I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so done. But we will see. And I'm also trying to hopefully figure out why my bone took so long to heal because according to the rest of my general health and my age and shit, like a broken arm shouldn't take four months to heal. So I have questions. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with it. And maybe the surgeon took out like a bigger portion of 
bone and it just like took longer to heal. I don't really know. Maybe the bone marrow transplant wasn't as effective as they hoped it would be. There was always like there was a one in 10 chance that I needed a revision surgery anyway. Like it's a very complicated surgery that I had. So it's not like an easy healing process and never was going to be. But it Mm -hmm. just wasn't going according to the schedule that we had originally talked about. And so now on this revisit with the surgeon, I do have those questions as to being like, okay, so why was it not following the schedule? Is it just a me thing or is there something else going on? But I don't know yet. Find out tomorrow. It's because we're old. (laughs) Because we're old. I am now even older than I was last episode. Look at you go. Although then again, our schedule has been all over the fucking place. That's true. Um, Jen, who is our uh, mutual writer friend, um, asked me what level I was at. And I was like, oh, that's a good way to ask me my age. I was like, (laughs) sick. Level 26. Uh, Look at you go. I'm level 28. So old. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, I'm now on that side of the 20s. I've officially hopped onto you the have. other side of my 20s. You are now okay closer to 30 than you are 20. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have been for a little while, but at least I could say, oh, yeah, but I'm in my, like, I'm at my mid-20s. Which I yeah. still, I guess, technically am for yeah. the next year. You're not in your I late 20s. Myself. Yeah. But, like, I am in my it was still, 20s. like... <laughs> Like twenty twenty five, I feel like is like the last year where you get to be like, but I'm a kid. What do you mean? I can't do shit. I'm little. And now I'm like, I, I'm grown. I can't. I can't use that anymore. I I haven't been able to use the. I'm a kid. I'm little since I was like four. <laughs> I mean, that is a tall person issue as well. Cause like that <laughs> was very much a me thing growing up too. It was like, yeah, but you got to take care of the little kids. And I'm like, I'm, I am, I am one of the little kids. And they're like, yeah, but you're like twice their size. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> or like always being told, use your, sh- like, don't use all your strength. Like use your, like, Dial it down. I remember getting told that a lot. Like, <laughs> My granny. Up, so like, I'm just playing tag. And they're like, you you body checked him. Like, chill. <laughs> oh, it was like me whenever I played two-hand touch football. It would be like, instead of like trying to touch, it would just be like, poof. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Literally, I played tag rugby. Same thing. <laughs> And like they're just you're just supposed to pull off the velcro tags on their waist belt. And I'm like, I tried, but I couldn't stop once I was running. <laughs> like <laughs> that was it. They were slow. I just poof. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> hey, it's not my fault that they don't have the center of balance to withstand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's not my fault that their center of gravity is like two feet below mine. <laughs> like Yeah, it's, that that's a them problem. That, that's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> And with rugby, they can fully flip that on me. Like, my center of gravity is much higher than this, so they can get way lower than me. Like, that's... They could have flipped it. Like, why are we only blaming the big kids? Come on. Yep, that's that's not your problem. <laughs> and then they're like, go try different sports. And I was like, okay, I'll put blades on my feet and try figure skating. Yeah, because why not? That worked out That's great. not more dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally don't have stories about that. Also, totally wasn't how I got my concussion. I have I have a history of concussions, so I understand. That's my known concussion. I don't like 
and the others, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the one when I was like at my physiotherapist and they're like, your eyes can't track this pet. And I'm like, oh, concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I've... I'm seeing spots. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, follow the pen. And I'm like, no. <laughs> nope. Do, not not do. today. Not for me. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't do that. God. I <laughs> Back to the whole, uh, like, being big whenever we were younger. I I still remember my granny, Lord rest her soul, uh, <laughs> telling stories of whenever I was little. Well, little. Anyway. I was probably like five, six, something like that. I don't fucking know. Some age younger than I am now, whenever she was still with us. <laughs> she was uh she was gonna go get a takeout order for the all the kids that she was babysitting, myself included. And she was like, Okay, what do you all want? You know, like everybody was like, Ooh, happy meal, happy meal. Me, I'm like, burger, nugget, fry, big beverage. <laughs> she's like, she's just like are you sure you don't want to? No. No. I want actual food. food. And then I demolish it. <laughs> the rest of the kids See, barely always... get through their two nuggets and their three fries and me. I'm like, demolish the food. <laughs> All of it. I was always the opposite um, because I've never had like a very big appetite in one sitting. My mom always called me a grazer. She's like, you're cattle. You just constantly eat like small amounts. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I grew up. And I remember going around friends' houses and sitting down for a big meal and then being like, here's the one meal that you're going to get for the day. Then you're going to like go outside and play and then it's time for bed and you can't eat anything else. And like, and I, that being such a foreign concept to me because I'd like have a small portion of dinner, then have like supper and then tea and then milk before bed. And, you know, cause like, that's just how I consumed food. I was, Are you and a my fucking mom was hobbit? Like, I honestly think so because I <laughs> I was never one of those people that like enjoyed having a very big meal. I don't like feeling overly full. I don't even really like particularly feeling like getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm full now. Like that was always an uncomfortable feeling for me growing up. So mm -hmm. I always just liked to just maintain a like not hungry state if that makes sense <laughs> like if i wasn't feeling hungry and i wasn't feeling stuffed i was in that optimal position that's just how i consistently kept myself all throughout the day and then i would wake up ravenous because obviously you, you need a larger portion to sleep on because yeah. you consume that throughout the night so i'd wake up uh -huh. ravenous so have a fairly big breakfast and then just graze throughout the day and i remember getting like <laughs> not in trouble but like getting called out on it when i would go around friends houses and their parents would like serve me a, a normal portion of food and i wouldn't be able to eat all of it and they're like why do you have such a small stomach like i don't get how you're so grown like you're so much taller than than your classmate but like you barely eat anything and i'm like well it's not that i don't eat it's i eat differently yeah yeah, Same as long as you're calories, getting your just... nutrients throughout the day, it doesn't matter how you get it. Yeah. So am I just yeah, gonna have to keep a? Different. Am I gonna have to keep a fanny pack full of pocky while we go to Japan next year? Is that, I that's what I'm gonna snacks. have to do. <laughs> I always have snacks. Fair it's, enough. I also, I mean, I wonder if this is like a family culture thing because my my uncle was diagnosed with type one diabetes when he was like six. Like he's had it mm -hmm. his whole life. And so this was before, like, insulin was, like, a thing. Like, like this is 
you've had it this whole life. And so my grandma always had boxes of chocolates. And my mom tells stories of like how she always liked the hard toffee ones because my grandma um, would have to find the ones with the like the soft caramel middles so she could shove them through my uncle's teeth when he was going into an attack because when you have a hypo hyperglycemic I don't know which one um diabetic attack you like clench your jaw a lot of the time and so she needed like a soft chocolate to be able to get sugar into him like through his clenched teeth um when he was a a child but also like you never know a human strength until they're going through a medical crisis and then you couldn't be aware of a human strength um and uh and so my mom always like grew up eating like the hard chocolates that were never used for my uncle Mm -hmm. anyway so then um uh my mom just kind of got used to having like chocolates and sweets and stuff constantly around and then my aunt was also diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, same kind of thing. And so, like, my family culture on my maternal side is just always to have, like, a sugary snack around constantly. And then it developed from there to just having snacks around constantly because somebody or another was hungry at some point. And my dad and I are both migraine sufferers, and sometimes some of the things that can help us not have a migraine or, like, to curve a migraine is sometimes to eat something. Like, we don't realise that we haven't... Like, we oftentimes you attribute migraines to hydration, but some, mm-hmm. for sometimes with us, it was calories as well. Um, and so my mom started keeping around snacks for that too. So we were just kind of the family that always had a packet of some kind of snack around us. So I wonder if that's kind of another reason as to why, like, I wouldn't eat a full meal because when I was growing up, I would get hungry, ask my mom for a snack. My mom would give me a snack and then I wouldn't be hungry for a meal. And I just got used to constantly eating snacks as opposed to full meals. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hypothesis. It's, you know what, scientific enough. I'll allow it. Anecdotal, but there we go. Fair enough. I totally understand everything that was said, and I will... Yep, it's fine. (laughs) All swell. Speaking Uh, of chronic illness, though, (laughs) the anime that we're watching this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. We we have not even remotely discussed what we were talking about this week. So, allow me to set the scene. Mm. Me... Six, seven, some amount of years ago, way back, way just way back to whenever I was just getting back into anime, I was, you know, slowly trying to work my way around shows, trying to figure out what piqued my newfound interest in the genre, you know, what could, what could possibly potentially maybe i don't know pique my interest and as i was making my way through i ran across this little weekly airing anime known as masamune kun's revenge and being the young naive lad that i was to anime at the time i was like hmm, you know rom-com i could i could give this a go it's good i enjoyed it and it just kind of lingered to where it was like the first kind of like rom-com that I watched on my own being new into being a weeb. And so it just kind of lingered. And then the second season came out earlier this year and I was just like, oh, the second season's good. And I, I really enjoyed going through the second season and it kind of rekindled the need to want to rewatch the first season. I was like, 
screw it. I'll make Blue watch it. If I recall correctly, <laughs> the first season of this is cringe as hell, so she's going to have a great time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I recalled correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lot. I, not gonna lie, skipped a lot of it. <laughs> not gonna lie. Fair enough. It's also, I don't know, it's one of those shows where I could see it being a first season that you have to kind of binge through to get to a good second season, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I think we've been very spoiled recently with rom-com anime content that has been very good. And this isn't, like, forever ago, but 2017 in the anime world was a forever ago. Um, That's, and like almost an entire generation, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I do feel like watching this now with current anime brain this doesn't hold up to the content of today's standard however the second season will have to because of the fact that it's airing will it aired earlier this year right so i could yeah. definitely see this as being something where it's like people really 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 love the second season it causes people to go and watch the series and they're like i don't get it and they have to kind of graft through the first season to then be able to really enjoy the second season i haven't seen the second season so i don't know if that's entirely true but that feels kind of like how this will play out i mean should we get to the second season, we will have a discussion on whether or not you actually want to watch the second season after I made you endure this one. <laughs> but um, it was, it's just kind of one of those things to where I was sitting through the second season and I had, I guess, almost illusions of grandeur over the first season watching through the second season. And it, brought back like a wave of baby weeb nostalgic memories. <laughs> so I was watching through the second season and I was like, again, I had a great time with the second season. It was like, there were points to where it just kind of left me in awe of what I remembered from the story and just sat there. And I was just like, fuck man, that's good. Like that was very, very good. And then I watched back through this go around and I'm just like, Oh, yeah, the second season's much better. Fuck this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't get me wrong. Like, this is... We had the discussion in the last episode that wasn't... um, It still hasn't aired yet, but we we had the conversation of, like, let's just watch a dumpster fire of a rom-com just for shits and giggles. Which, by the way, I haven't taken the time to broach this conversation with you yet, but um, I think I'm on to something here. Okay. Rom-coms are kind of our best demographic of what we cover. Yeah, I, I, like, I'm have, actually have, kind have of aware of our, that. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't know if you've paid attention to our metrics or not, but I went through and looked, and our most popular shit, especially for the past year, have been all the romance and rom-com things. Which just, it's just to spite me. That's just the universe being like, you hate rom-coms? I'm going to make them your best view videos. (laughs) It's great for me because Uh, it's one of my favorite genre. And if anything, it gives me more fuel to the fire to make me want to schedule them just for giggles. But also... For the views, man. We got to do it for the views because they do so well. 
<laughs> if it's what you guys like to watch, I will grit my teeth and bear it through them. <laughs> no, they're not that oh. bad. I do, like, it's just not my preferred genre. Uh, because I am such a sympathetic cringer. Like, secondhand embarrassment for me is astronomical. I feel it so deeply in my bones that I have mm-hmm. to literally take breaks and walk away from anime when I'm watching something that is particularly embarrassing. I have, like, I was a huge Harry Potter fan growing up and that scene where he is sitting in the Great Hall um, opposite Cho Chang and he opens his mouth to smile and his water, like, spills out of his mouth... That scene, I got so incredibly good at skipping over. I have only watched it once, but I I picture it (laughs) vividly. I know exactly what it looks like. I could play it second by second like it was a freaking slow motion clip. Like I have only ever seen it once, but my brain was like, that's the bit you're going to remember. Rest of the movie, (laughs) that bit, memorized. In your I can't brain, even tell you which. I can't even tell you which film that that's from. It's either Goblet of Fire or Order of the Phoenix, but it's one of the two. I think it's Goblet of Fire. I th- I think so, but again, I I don't recall. You know, Order of the Phoenix is my least read book and least watched film out of the bunch. Hmm. It's the biggest book, so I can understand why the least read book is the biggest commitment. It's the one I think I cried the most in. I, yeah, for me, it's a tie between five and six as to which one I cried the most in. Mm. I've, I just feel like five, the reason it's my least read, it's not because it's the biggest, but it's because I despise Umbridge with every fucking fiber mm. of my being. Mm-hmm. It is such a level of disdain that I can't stand to sit through the book and have to deal with her like it i detest it so much but yeah it's i don't know it's very she is a detestable character which is a testament to how she is written but i don't give a shit fuck that bitch also harry potter was an autobiography just it it is it is ancient texts brought forth (laughs) from a long generation gone by of which have no author whatsoever yeah and if you wish to buy Harry Potter merch, support your local artists. Yeah, um, go find yourself a nice Etsy shop or something like that. Yeah, because uh, there's totally awesome um, Harry Potter merch on there. It's great. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Also, if you want to support a local artist, maybe coming soon to some shop somewhere, custom DM screens made by your boy. <laughs> yeah! Because this I mean, one I'm over here it. is trying to talk me into it. They're sick. They're so cool. They're like wood and they're burnt and shit and it's cool. And uh, I mean, who doesn't want like a wood sculpted burnt up fucking DM screen? Like everybody wants that. I mean, it it does look really cool. It's turned out far and beyond better than I hoped that it would turn out, which I don't know if that is a testament to my creativity or beginner's luck. And I just so happened to roll one really high performance check. I don't know. I have, I cannot say anything to go to the testament of how well it turned out it just turned out beautifully and i cannot complain 
Well, like, I don't know. It worked out out this time. Why can't it work out a second time? Just keep rolling good. Yeah. You've played D&D. How how often do you roll well on your expansive amount of rolls? I mean, I am so good at rolling below five. So... (laughs) Like oh. it's it's actually a skill. You got that Will Wheaton curse going on over here. Like oh. like I I yeah, anything above five doesn't exist in my realm. So I having watched the pure amount of critical role that I have, I did a little bit of digging because they talked about the Will Wheaton curse, and he came in for a couple of episodes for the show and that man rolled more natural ones in one session than I think anybody else rolled, period. Like, statistically, (laughs) the amount of ones that were rolled baffle my brain. And I love math. (laughs) It genuinely hurts. But also, one thing I can say is, ever since I took over DMing, I don't know how to roll low anymore. (laughs) I roll incredibly well, much to the, <laughs> much to my players' um, unhappiness. <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, which uh, um, I I do have D and D stories to tell now too. That isn't just me bitching because I I know the last time we had discussed D and D, it was me bitching about how much of a slog the first two sessions had went. Mm. We had a third session. Okay. And it went beautifully. Mm. They like, and here's the thing. It was an entire RP session, like three and a half hours of nothing but RP. They got so much accomplished. They, they exhausted every accent possible. Like I was coming up with NPCs and shit on the fly, trying to use different voices, having to keep track of it all. I don't know which accent I used for which NPC anymore. I don't, I will not be able to replicate what I did for those NPCs at any point whatsoever, but my players fucking exhausted my entire list. I (laughs) was spent. I woke up the next day like, It just my my throat was done. I could not handle it. I did not. I knew it was going to be an RP heavy session. I just didn't expect it to be that. I didn't expect to be the one that was going to have to RP (laughs) that much and have to go through such an extensive list. So I was done by the time it was all said and done. But they got so much accomplished. I could not have been more proud of all of them. And it made me feel bad for being so frustrated after those first two sessions. Because it, I, and part of me realized that it was growing pains of everybody getting used to everything and trying to figure out like levels of expectation and whatnot. So I, I did feel bad for getting the level of upset that I was and especially as much as my players have been doting on me after the fact for all the effort that I've been putting in I'm just like oh I should have been getting angry I feel bad no feelings are valid they're like I mean you can't it sometimes it's just really hard to control your expectations like even for like anything 
you know, like you have an idea of how it's going to go in your head and you put so much effort into how you think that it's going to turn out. And no matter how many times you tell yourself, like, logically, this is the way that it's going to go, you still have that little, like, thing in your chest that's like, yeah, but like, what if it goes like this? And then when it doesn't go the way that you really hope that it goes, it's completely normal and like, normal to have feelings of frustration of like I don't like I tried so hard I put all of this effort in and it's just I just needed to get to this point and then it would be fine and we could move on from there but like it sometimes just doesn't go the way that you will plan it to be even if you know in your mind that it's probably not going to go that way and you know that it's growing pains and you tell yourself all this kind of stuff like telling yourself something logically and feeling something emotionally are two different tracks for trains you know, different directions, like different stations, different vibes. They're just both trains, like very different energy. And sometimes it's hard to to be aware of that, to realize that you do have those like two separate vibes going on internally at once. So I don't think you did anything wrong by needing to vent to a friend about like the fact that, <laughs> you know, like shit didn't go the way that you hoped it would. But I uh, I also don't think that your players did anything wrong for playing the game the way that they did. It's just the way that life rolls sometimes. And now you're at this point and you are enjoying the game. Things are going the way that you wanted it to. And you like, there's no need to feel guilty about that. It's also one of the learning curves of being like a newer DM is that you've got to learn how to, you know, manage those feelings and 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 your expectations of what you think is going to happen like that's also part of the learning not just learning how to be a functional dm it's also learning how to you know settle players into a game like that's totally part of the whole thing yeah and i i realize that now looking back on it that a lot of the you know what i viewed as distractions or just i guess general unruliness isn't the word but i guess kind of unrest or dysfunction at the table was partially my fault for not keeping a better rein on things and mm. that is an expectation that i started to set with the third session and i didn't have to get into it too heavy because again everybody had just kind of settled into their roles but also after the second session which was the one that i was venting to you about we were just kind of having a conversation at church a couple days later because most of the people in our game go to church with us and we were all just kind of talking about it. And we all just had the, or they all kind of had the general understanding of we all just need to play our characters how we think we need to play them. Like don't question it. And if other people at the table get upset, like they can't get upset over it because that's how you think your player should be played. And if they got a problem with it, like it can all be handled in game or I can handle it because that's my job. Like I am the mediator mm -hmm. of everybody. I am God in this world <laughs> essentially. And yeah, it was, I don't know. Like the third session was wonderful. It was amazing. We had some hilarious stuff happen. I almost killed our, or one of our rogues because she wanted to steal a shield <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I don't know. Like it was a great time. I am genuinely looking forward to what's to come out of the bunch. It was, I don't know. It was, 
it was good. I'm very happy with how things went, and I'm 100% looking forward to how things are going to continue to go because, yeah, it's it's fun. I am, <sighs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm content. I'm happy. Things are, things are great. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of confusing emotions, though, how about we get back on track? Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> Keep me on track, please. I am not. I'm doing DM. Okay. This our anime recording session episode. Okay. Yeah. And. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. I I feel like our roles have reversed on this. I used yeah. to be the one that would try to like keep us on track whenever you would have your ADHD moments and then now it's me i'm the one who Having derails everything moments. it's me hi i'm the problem it's me <laughs> uh, uh we will switch though like in like a month's time it'll be back the other way it is a highly probable who who knows it's whoever Whoever's ADHD has decided, hey, hey, I'm here. You, hey, what's up? <laughs> it, it's whichever of us has the brain cell determines <laughs> what the other one does. <laughs> There's one we share it between us. Um, and and yeah. you definitely have the brain cell this week. It's fine. I'll, uh, I'll allow I, it. I, I stayed out in the cold too long on Saturday, so I am not all here. Yeah. I, I have the brain fun. cell until after my appointment tomorrow, and then Brad gets the brain cell after that. I get enough brain cells to be like, here's how my CT scan went, and then that's it. Tapped out. Yeah, and then you and then you just check out. <laughs> <laughs> then I checked out. That's it. Goodbye. Oh, In the car, the prob- I'm like, here, take the cell. It's yours now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the message is going to be. I'm just going to get the message and attached is the brain cell, and then after yeah. that, it's just over at that point. Yeah. Yeah, which Clock I out. 100% understand because I'm sure the level of stress that you're feeling up to this point is extensive. So as soon as it's all done, you're probably just going to go crash. Yeah, I am just so done with it. Like it's been so long. And like the thing about it is, is it's not even like it didn't even start with the surgery. It's like I signed on the dotted line for the surgery like two years ago. Like I mm-hmm. have been having wrist pain since I was like 15. Like I'm just so done. Yeah. Just and done. I, and that's the thing. Like I've had a lot of people just ask like how you're doing. And I'm like, at this point, like she's literally just surviving, I guess. Yeah. Like the amount of shit that you've been through. It's just like, you've been through a lot. And at this point you just deserve rest no oh um yeah it's a it's just frustrating i mean anybody out there with chronic pain or injuries or you know like we all get it like brad gets it too like we know that you have moments where like you're just like fucking stop like just just no Mm. and then you have days where like you can just push through it and it's fine and it's not like you don't feel it it's not like you don't still it's not still like it's still there but it just doesn't affect you for whatever reason as much that day Mm -hmm. and I just feel like with recently those days where it's not affecting me as much have just become fewer and further between and it's just because like I mean I'm constantly like it's it's just more 
obvious, it's more present, and I don't have anything to distract myself with it right now. Like, I took the semester off school for the surgery. I can't paint. I can't draw. I can't do anything that I would normally do that I have done for years as my, like, mental health shit, you know? Like, I'm a very hands-on kind of person. I love to draw. I love to build things. I love to, like be very active with my hands and I'm still like figuring out how to turn doorknobs right now. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the mobility that I've had has gone from like pretty decent to literally not being able to use my dominant hand at all. And I'm slowly clawing my way back. Like it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm not, I don't have the ability to do a lot of stuff. I just, the progress is so much slower than I expected it to be. And I, although it's still progress, it's like when you're growing, like you can't tell that you're growing because you're the one who's growing. But then when you like look at a chart, you realize, oh, actually I did grow. You know, it's one of those things. It's like every time I go to physio, every week I go to physio and my my range of motion is a little bit bigger, but it's like three degrees. So I can't tell, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just like for us, there is no difference, but for the people around us, especially people that don't see you as often, just Mm -hmm. like. Oh yeah, you you have changed. You are different. Like I see my aunt very little, and she visited the other day. She's like, "Have you lost weight?" I was like, "Fuck, I don't know." Like, if you think mm-hmm. I have, great. Thanks for the compliment. But I, I genuinely like, I don't know. Like, I look mm-hmm. at myself in the mirror every day, so there is no, I can't tell a difference. The only time I'm able to tell the difference is like if my beard grows. Mm. Because that's the only yeah. thing that I just find like moderately noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just been pretty frustrating Um, because, yeah, I wanted, there's so much I wanted to do. Like I've got freaking, like I got like a load of backpacking shit and tents and like all this stuff. Cause I was like, yeah, I, towards the end of the summer, I'm going to be pretty much healed. So I'll be able to go on hikes and shit. Nope. Like. There's so much that I had planned. And I feel like uh, it's another one of those things. It was like everyone put their life on pause for like two years because of COVID. Like I was going to go to Japan. I had tickets to the Olympics. Like I was like ready to go and have a really good time. And then that all got put on hold. And then I started school and half of that was in online classes. And so like our our whole lives for a good portion of like our 20s were put on hold. Mm -hmm. And then now... I've just wasted another summer recovering from surgery. It feels so frustrating to be like, I already put my life on hold for two years and now I have to put my life on hold for another year recovering from a surgery that I should have had during COVID that I couldn't have during COVID, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of losing my marbles, but I'm okay. (laughs) I'm just like, just experiencing a lot of feelings right now that are I'm struggling to process but I'm getting there and I've started doing creative writing which is a new thing for me but hopefully is getting different juices flowing in my brain which we love I mean I can 100% tell you the like exploring that avenue of things like with the script writing and everything I was talking to Oxy about it the other day something about doing that just brought like a entirely different creative spark that brought me a level of joy that I didn't think i would find necessarily Mm. like it was just one of those where i was just like wow okay that's a that's a thing Mm. and so i 100 support the creative writing whole because it's it is an excellent outlet and it gives you an opportunity to explore things that you don't 
necessarily think about per se. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I used to do it when I was what, like 13 on Tumblr, like they used to, <laughs> that's dating me. <laughs> like, oh, you, wait, hang on. You were, you were one of those. I, I was on Tumblr when I was like nine through 13. I probably dropped off around the time I went to high school, but middle school, uh-huh. Tumblr. No, it must've been 10 then. Cause it was post, it was in Canada. So pretty much as soon as I hit Canada, Tumblr, till high school. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm learning things. It was a way for me to um, reconnect with England a lot, because a lot of the YouTubers and stuff that I watched at that time were English YouTubers, um, mm-hmm. because I wasn't, like, I didn't really... Like, I'd never had, like, Disney Channel or whatever growing up, so I didn't know American celebrities. And yeah. um, and I didn't get a lot of their humor when I was younger. I didn't get the jokes. Um, because we've spoken about it before, but British and, and North American humor are just very different. Um, neither one are worse than the other. They're just different. And so I didn't understand a lot of it, and I didn't get a lot of references. Um, I didn't get, like... I was kind of, there was a disconnect between me and a lot of the kids at school because I didn't understand what they were talking about. Like I didn't have any of the pop culture references that they had. So a way for me to like maintain my pop, pop culture references and like my community was for me to go into YouTube and watch British YouTubers. And subsequently a lot of them were like more of the like punky YouTubers. They were all um, internet weirdos, same as me. And so they went on to Tumblr a lot and they did a lot of like Tumblr challenges back in like 2011. It was like doing a a scene Tumblr transformation or whatever, you know, and like I'd watch those videos then go on Tumblr. But on Tumblr, they had a lot of writing prompts where it was just like writing prompt number 789. You're standing in a forest when a shadow comes around a tree. Continue. And then you would just like write. 300 words or whatever off of the sentence that was there and post it to your Tumblr account. Um, yeah. So I did that a lot. And then that was kind of the only creative writing I did like at all. And because then I went into drawing shortly after, I mean, I'd always drawn my whole life, but like I went into practicing drawing and um, dropped off the creative writing thing. So yeah, I'm like, I can't draw right now. So picking that back up again seeing how that goes I'm, for funsies i'm glad you have found yourself another outlet because yeah. again one of those things like you you deserve the rest you deserve the break so anything that is able to get you that break it's i am very happy for you thanks and we went on another tangent it's my fault i'm sorry okay masamune kun's revenge uh was a manga written by hazuki takaoka it is a shonen. Don't fucking ask me how, because I don't know. Um, mm, yeah, that light is, novel. Oh, I see why. Because some of the themes are harem themes. It's not a harem, but it's got vibes. It it does kind of have the vibes. Mm. So I uh, I I kind of get it. Um, light novel written by the same individual, but only one volume. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see here. 
the first season of the oh both seasons of the anime were actually directed by the same individual neat i i could have sworn that something changed but maybe it was just the same studio and they just updated their art style because watching the two i was just like hmm something's different i don't know if the studio changed i don't know what changed but nope Nothing I'm interested changed. to know what the catalog is between the seasons because there's been a bunch of years. So that's actually look at that. So uh, Mirai Minato was the director. It was done by Studio Silverlink. The first season ran from January 5th to March 23rd of 2017 for a total of 12 episodes and one OVA. I forgot to watch the OVA, so sue me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Restaurant to Another World. That was good. Um, um, let's see here. My next life as a villainess. Interesting. Tanaka Kun is always listless. This is the same. Stu- what? No. Yeah. No, you're shitting me. Oh, wise man's grandchild. That one tracks. That one hundred percent tracks. Wait, Bofuri. Hold up. That doesn't track. Actually, with the eyes, that kind of tracks. But st- really, and the misfit of demons is so different, though. I'm like trying to find anything it, that's similar. Well, I mean, even um, uh, my next life is villainess. Like, even it is different. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I am confused there's a couple random outliers in here in the catalog that are just like so different not just content wise but also aesthetically like takakun one of the things that i I uh, primarily remember about the aesthetics of it was that it's very pastel it's very almost like like there's a, a whitewash over the whole um anime all the time to give it that feeling of like cloudiness like it's it's very soft and i don't see anything else here that has that same like almost diluted art style does that make sense i think the only thing that's close is probably Oh, and that's not even the actual Baka and Test, so I can't even truly say that, because it's a spinoff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, nothing else really hits that mm. same thing, so no, that, wow, that baffles me. Yeah. Speaking of which, okay, if you haven't okay, seen Tana Kakuna's Always Listless, freaking watch the shit out of it. It is so good. It's funny. It's just a slice of life dumb little anime that you will adore it is amazing genuinely one of blue and i's favorite uh comedy anime go watch it it's great (laughs) can't cannot recommend that enough it's just fun and dumb and the the gifts that you can use (laughs) are incredible 10 out of 10 gif um arsenal material oh it's great. A, a lot of blue and eyes gift responses to each other come from that anime <laughs> yeah so, so good. yeah per- perfectly memeable the 10 yeah. out of 10 recommend yeah um yeah it, that's quite interesting to me um yeah so 
Masamune-kun no Revenge um, has a drop rate of 5.81%. It scored a 3.54 out of 5 on Anime Planet or a 7.08 out of 10. It scored a 6.75 out of 10 on my anime list, giving it an average score of 6.92 out of 10. Um, yeah, it is rated a PG-13, which is appropriate because of some of the humour throughout the show. Um, there are things like panty shots, um, uh, like gay fetishization, like BL lovers. Um, there's uh, implications of people not wearing underwear and um, like bedroomy kind of scenes in a way. So that's kind of the content that, that takes it to that PG-13 age range. But it's not like there's no blood, gore, swearing, um, alcohol, smoking, anything like that in it it's just the yeah the sexual jokes that push it over the edge to that 13 range possibly even a little bit higher because of i would this is one of those shows where i'd recommend the if you're the age of the characters you're fine to watch it Yeah. yeah yeah i'll agree with that so basic overview of it is um Makabe, when he was a kid, was um, friends kind of with um, this beautiful rich girl who ended up um, rejecting him um, for his affections. He was chubby and um, he believed that that the reason why he was rejected was because of his weight. He had been bullied for it previously. So he then goes um, on a journey where he leaves and goes and lives with his granddad and loses a whole bunch of weight and gets very um, uh, stereotypically societally attractive. He then goes back to the school, tries to find her again because he wants to date her, then break up with her to make her feel the same way that he felt when he was a kid. So he has this big revenge plot. Um, He is very self-centered and aesthetically minded because of that um and she is also not what i would categorize as a particularly good person she has no a, definitely not <laughs> she has a tendency to be very brutal when it comes to rejecting the men that are falling all over themselves to date her the boys they're all underage um and she is cruel about it and not very nice um and and so he believes that he is justified in his actions of um, wanting to date her to break her heart because she has continued to be a tyrant, I suppose. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the basic plotline of the anime. You have your um, optimal, perfect girl and then your hot student with self-esteem issues that kind of looks like every other student in the school though and and then they are having a relationship together then you have the other side characters that can bring it into more of a love triangle-esque vibe it says harem I don't get harem vibes there are there's a couple other people who admit to like having feelings towards one or the other of the characters but it's not harem vibes because they very quickly back off or like establish their role and then just stick in their lane like it's not like a 
like a traditional harem vibe. So that's kind of the background for it. The vibe. Have we, have we actually covered a harem anime? We have. Um, have we? The dungeon one. Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Yeah. Does does that count? I would think so. Like I, I don't know. It's definitely harem esque. It, it is harem esque. Oh, I um, find it more harem esque than this one. But I don't. I guess Wise Man's Grandchild is probably as close into that territory as we've tread. Maybe. I mean, there's a reverse harem vibes in Fruits Basket. That's true. I suppose. Um, yeah, I feel like we have. Because I was just sitting here thinking, and I don't know if we've truly tread into that territory. I know we've discussed it. I know we've watched them individually and talked about them, but I don't know if we've we've recorded an episode on them. Yeah, because I have, like, I've seen some that I really enjoy. Like, it's almost a comfort anime in a way, just because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. But going through, I don't, um, I don't, I don't think we've truly gone down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, there's some that you can, like, argue, but, like, usually the protagonist has his eyes set on one person, and then, like, there are a couple of players that, like, get in the way, as opposed to it being a true harm where, you know their main characters kind of like all over the place yeah because like you can kind of say the same thing for like food wars and you can kind of say the same thing for like re-zero and um like there are others where you have like other characters where it's like okay yeah people can ship them with them but like the main character still usually has their attention on a specific person and even um is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon has that same aspect yeah. to it as well. So that's why I was like, I don't know if we can classify that. I'm... I mean, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon has more of the girls fighting each other aspect that makes me lean more towards it being more of a harem than something like Food Wars where the girls don't really get too angry at each other in regards to that situation. If you take um, Hastia out of the equation, does it get rid of the harem vibes? I don't know. I don't know. Let us know. What do you guys think? <laughs> What's a harem? Yeah, that's, uh, this, is a, this is an interesting deep dive that I now want to go down on the podcast. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh... You know, we really should do an episode like that. Like, what makes this, like, fall into that category? <laughs> yeah, because this is classified as a harem, according to my anime list. But that makes it sound like it was my anime list, according to the website, my anime list. Not my personal notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> this is classified as a harem. I wouldn't classify this as a harem at all, because Love Triangle, yes, um, harm no. Harm to me is like three or more people attracted to one person, you know? Yeah. Whereas this is love triangle vibes. 
because the only other person really in the anime that has an attraction to our main character is more of an establishing plotline than a actual, you know, person who's in competition. They're like, I, I'm going to put spoiler chicken hats on. Hang on. Wait, I got this. I have just the thing. One moment. Okay, you may proceed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Makabe gets asked out by his class president. He turns her down very early on, I think, in like, the first or second episode. And um, then she's a reoccurring character throughout the rest of the season, but not from a romantic perspective. She's there um, as a friend to him and to the other characters. Um, she's the class president doing her role. She's a plot device to help things go on to move further um, and progress to be made. And like, like there's scenes where she needs assistance. And so he steps in and that creates um, ways for him to be around his love interest. But like, it's not harem. She backs right off. And then towards the end of the season, like she admits that she still has feelings for him, but like, she's not, ever planning on acting on them and she just wants to remain friends even though she does have the feelings and she's fine with that like it's not like a i don't know it's it's i wouldn't the fact that this is classified as harm is kind of confusing to me i will 100 percent agree um yeah so now we have the spoiler chicken hats on i can say this kind of sucked <laughs> <laughs> oh i will <clears throat> okay so I have my own stance on this. Mm. However, I am very curious to hear yours. Okay. Um. So the plot holes in this are insane, and the inconsistencies yeah. in the in the storytelling are insane. One of the first things that was established about um, Aki was that she is this perfect beauty. Perfect face, perfect body, perfect person. Like, this is the reason why everyone in school is falling all over themselves to either be her friend or to date her. Like, she's been asked out by countless guys. Um, She turns them all down. She gives them all nicknames for it. Like, this is her establishing trait, is that she is the optimal woman, right? Then, halfway through the season, all of a sudden, she doesn't have a big enough butt, she doesn't have big enough boobs, she's flat-chested. Those jokes start coming in when it was her establishing plotline that she is the optimal depiction of a woman, including her body. Like, that was stated. Like, she has the perfect body. And now, halfway through the show, all of a sudden, she's flat-chested and they're making flat-chested jokes. Don't understand. Don't get where that came from this was the core of her character as to why because like the thing about her when she was turning all these guys down she would ask them why do you want to date me and they would say because you're pretty because you look good like they were it was superficial reasons and that was one of the reasons why she felt justified in turning them down the way that she did was because they were only like wanted to be with her because they were attracted to her for being perfect so then to have her then all of a sudden have these physical like non-attractive characteristics later on in the show that they've just pulled out of their ass out of nowhere doesn't make sense to the purpose of her character. I'm so confused by that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get that at all. 
Um, I, I 100% see where you're coming from. So I understand your points. Yeah. Um, and then there were other things, but that's, that was the big one that was like, I was just like, this is, this was the foundation of her character was that she is this perfect woman, girl. And that's the reason why everyone loves her. And then all of a sudden you give her physical flaws. It undermines her as a character because she already has personality flaws, you know, like she is flawed enough to be a well-rounded character. She's not a good person. So then adding that on top just takes the wind out of her sails. It, it it then makes you question why all of these guys are asking her out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the purpose for it? They know they're going to get turned down. She's done it again and again and again. They know that they're going to get humiliated and she's going to be mean to them. But they still do it. And the reason why they were still doing it is because she's rich and attractive. You take away that attractiveness, they're only then doing it because she's rich. But they're also high school boys who aren't looking into the future of like marriage and wealth long term. So it is the thing of the high school boys are supposed to be thinking with their dicks. And so they're supposed to only be thinking because they think that she's the perfect epitome of an attractive woman. I it just it was a flawed section of the anime that just confuzzled me and I didn't like, don't like it. Understandable. Understandable. I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, also, her supposed best friend and assistant, um, Yoshino, becomes Mas- Masamune or um, Makabe's master to help him date Aki. But she's doing it because she thinks that she needs to be humbled because she's not a good person. Which I can understand to some extent, but also that's not a good thing to do. And if you're a friend, <laughs> like you're a shit friend. Like I understand that you also work for her family. Like like there is a power dynamic there and she doesn't treat her well at all. Like forcing her to do things that are like keeping secrets and, and being her servant at school and that dynamic is not good. So I can understand it as being like a plot of personal revenge, of being like, a, I fucking hate this chick and I have to be around her all the time. But it doesn't seem like that. That's not the angle that they went with the show. They didn't go with um, Yoshino being like, I just don't like my boss. I'm going to help you take revenge on her because I kind of want revenge myself. Like, she's not a good person. She goes from it as a, they try and pitch it as a perspective of she needs to be humbled so that she can be a better person and I'm doing this for her own good. And that's just bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that's that's not like a a friend wouldn't do that and if a friend does do that they're not your friend so it also just makes Yoshino a bad person but not a a bad person in a different way to if she was just like no I don't like her it's like she's now a sneaky bad person and Mm -hmm. that was weird it was like they were trying to pitch her as being a good person doing this for the good of everyone when she's not or at least I can't see how she would be and it being a positive for anybody because hurting somebody doesn't make them a better person. No, it, it definitely doesn't. And that's the angle they were trying to push there and I just got confused. Um, then you have Neko, who is the love triangle girly who gets thrusted about halfway through the season, who 
um, is falling all over herself to date uh, Makabe and considers herself, like, she's, like, the proper love rival, I guess, of Aki. But she um, is chronically ill and is kind of, was do like, she wanted to fall in love before she had this big surgery and that's why she kind of went crazy over Makabe. But she, I guess she kind of has the most justification for doing what she does. But I also don't really consider her to be a very likable person either because she's very self-aware and she's she's a, a very smart character. It's clear that she understands mm. how everyone in the show is feeling and she understands how Makabe mm. is feeling, but she still pushes her own emotions and, in, and um, prioritizes her own feelings over everybody else's, including his, and puts him in situations where he's clearly uncomfortable for her own benefit. And... While I can understand that she's a teenager and she's going through a lot and and she's not a like a healthy character and she does have the most justification for her actions, I also just don't necessarily think she's like making good decisions. You know, she's she's no, yeah. Um, I don't know. She when is it... probably in the first season the most well-rounded character in mm-hmm. a sense. Which yeah. is not a good thing whenever your two leads don't really get anywhere. <laughs> that's actually, that's incredibly true. Neither Makabe or Aki seem to have a lot of personal growth throughout the show. They start off as being bad people and they kind of end the show as being bad people. Not to mention the ending of the season just cut off. It was just like, goodbye, we're done now. It was yeah. um, not great. The the way that the story progressed, they tried to have this big character arc at the end of the show where they were doing the school fair and everything. And it felt disjointed from the rest of the show. The storyline didn't continue in a particularly linear way. It felt like it skipped sections. And then when you kind of try and have this resolution about everything, there is no resolution. And there's also not enough of a cliffhanger to make you think that it's going to be continued in a second season. At this point, we didn't know if there was going to be a second season. And it's been many years since the first season to where I think most people who watch the show didn't believe there was going to be a second season. It I, was... I remember whenever the second season was announced, I was just like, holy shit. Like, it activated a part of my brain that I had locked away mm-hmm. because, like, I, again, this was the first rom-com that I watched whenever I got back into anime, but I didn't, it's not something like Tonic Cocoon that it was the standard of what I hold shit to whenever I watch it. It was just sealed away in my brain. And then whenever the second season was announced, I was like, oh my God, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got excited, and then I didn't, like I said, I go to words, I didn't go back and watch the first season because I couldn't be bothered. And so watching through the second season, it did such a phenomenal job of filling in plot holes, which is why I wanted to hear your thoughts on everything moving forward, mm-hmm. because I was genuinely curious to see if my thoughts were correct. And they were like the second season does such a good job of clearing up a lot of the stuff that you're talking about to where it's just like, holy fuck. Yeah. The first season and even having watched the first season back for this, I was like, yeah, this is not as good. And it wasn't as good as I recalled it Mm -hmm. being. 
And so listening to you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, no, I want to go back and watch the second season again now because it makes me, this made me appreciate how good I thought the second season was. Now, maybe I go back and rewatch the second season now and be like, okay, this probably isn't as good. <laughs> like watching it from a critical standpoint, because I'm not going to lie. We have talked about how, for the most part, we are so inclined to have our critical brain on whenever we watch any form of media now. I'm not going to lie. I somehow managed to lock that the fuck away <laughs> watching the second season of this. Because I think just like the sheer nostalgia took over or something. Something happened to where my brain did not even remotely try to pick the second season of this apart. So now I feel like I got to change that. Now I got to feel like, or uh, now I feel like I need to watch it from that perspective to see if it is what I think it is. Mm. Because yeah, the first season of this fuck ton of holes it. I have problems mm -hmm. with the yeah. first season of this. It does not hold up to estimations whatsoever and you are absolutely correct in how we began this discussion we have been incredibly spoiled with a lot of the rom-coms that we've had access to here lately even with yamada and wotakoi and so much good shit to where i watched this and i'm like no this is this is not it the second season was good mm-hmm from what I recall, now I need to critically analyze it and figure out whether or not I am correct. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, first season has its problems. 100%. This is going to be the, yeah, this is going to be one of those times of I will stand with you in a, this rom-com not good. <laughs> no, there's just so few likable characters um shuri is like the most likable character he's um makabe's like best friend in school i guess like his closest male classmate who's just kind of there for comedic relief um he's constantly teased for being feminine and uh put in these like more like emasculating situations i guess but he takes it on the chin, he rolls with his punches, and he gets frustrated that he's not being treated like a boy, which is reasonable for anybody. Like, you want to be treated like who you are. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. But he's just, like, a lovable, sweet person. And he's a very, like, flat character. He doesn't have a lot of depth in regards to much more than that. But I can see that they were beginning to start that wave of him having a lot more depth and um and they, I could see them starting to play with his character towards the very end of the season. Uh, so I would be interested, like I would watch the second season for him to learn more about his character development <laughs> because he's like the best character here. Um, I have a huge <sighs> frustration with this show for the way that they did Makabe's mom. Um, <laughs> she's a seven-year-old like I'm sorry if I'm still seeing oh. comments on episode 11 of oh my god I thought that was his younger sister we have an issue like <laughs> and it's not I had go ahead 
Uh, I was going to say, I had completely forgotten about the mom lolly bit mm-hmm. until she showed up in the second season. And I I think my jaw hit the floor because I was like, fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. And oh. my issues don't come in with um, the physicalities of the character. People can be small, especially Japanese people. Like, it's just a thing. Sometimes people are smaller than other people. And sometimes adults get attracted to each other when there's a really big height discrepancy. That's a thing. That's normal. They're adults. The issue comes into the situation where she's dressed like a seven-year-old, she speaks like a seven-year-old, and she acts like a seven-year-old. That's where the issue comes in. Because no matter how many times you say, oh, she's actually 45, where? (laughs) Where? So you just, it's just icky. And the thing about it is, is it's like, it's not one of those things where it's like, um, uh, I don't even know how to say this really, but like the target audience for animes, including this one apparently, considering that it's a shonen, um, is usually guys, right? And throughout the years, nerdy guys have had reputations of being creepy weirdos towards women. And I know I have very many friends, my brother, are nerdy guys. <laughs> They're not creepy weirdos. Some of them are. A good portion of them aren't. They are the target audience for, audience for animes like this. And I know the majority of them feel just as icky about this as anybody else. So you're, as a production company, you're making your target audience uncomfortable by doing yep. something that you think would be sexually attractive to them. You're just isolating them and making them feel weird and perverted for watching anime, which is a very normal, uh, like, adult thing to do. Like, you just want to watch a show, and all of a sudden now you're feeling like a pervert? Who wants that? <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah. So, like, stop it. Just, why do why does this need to be a thing? It doesn't. Stop it. Animators, don't do it. Just... Bad. Ben. Very no bad. More. Okay, thanks. Like... <laughs> I have enough arguments with, like, panty shots on teenage teenage characters and shit. But, like, this is really bad. Like, don't sexualize characters that look like they're seven. Like, I don't I don't even get yeah, why I have to say that out loud. No. It, it shouldn't have to be said. Like, the whole anime bit of, like, 4,000-year-old elves that are, look like they're 12. Mm-hmm. And sexualizing them and shit like that. It's just, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that is okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. Anime, it's, shows are getting better mm-hmm. about doing this to some degree. Especially a lot of studios are getting better about adaptations and shit like that. Especially, um, I mean, especially predominantly female, um, studios like Kyoto Animation and stuff like that like they are phenomenal about taking their female leads and female characters and presenting them in a well-rounded way mm-hmm. and so it's slowly creeping into other studios and stuff like that but holy shit can we get past it the sooner mm-hmm. the better okay thanks yeah 
I yeah, I, I think I mean we kind of set our piece on that, but it's just one of those things where it's like you're you really are isolating your target audience and you're confusing them. Like genuinely it was it's confusing to a lot of people. Like I said, like I was still seeing comments later on throughout the show in like episodes, you know, 10, 11, 12 that were being like, I just figured out that that's supposed to be his mom. Like throughout the season, they were confused about who this character was because it's not easily understandable. So not only is it like weird, but you're also just making it harder to understand what's happening as an audience member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what we have to say on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that was frustrating. Uh. Um uh, also, okay, so then then we have the 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 kid later on that comes into the show pretending that he's um, Makabe, or at least pretending that he was when he was a kid, who has taken advantage of Aki and her family to um, establish himself in her life as her fiancé because of the wealth and the support that her family has then given him due to believing that he is her childhood friend. The plot holes that come into here is how did she not understand, know that her family was supposedly helping her childhood friend? Like, you think that would have been something that she would have been told about? Like, oh yeah, your childhood friend um, came round and they needed some financial aid, so we're backing them. You know, like, I don't get how she didn't know about that. I, I will say from what I have gathered, and I'm trying to keep season one and season two over here separate from one another mm-hmm. um purely speaking from a season one perspective you get the vibes that aki has a very similar situation like very similar home life to what kaguya has mm-hmm. in love is war and that parents kind of don't give a shit mm-hmm so that one I will kind of give a pass to because it seems like she doesn't have a relationship with her parents in this season. Yeah. I just wonder why, like, nobody, no member of staff kind of let her know about that. But again, it's a minor thing, really, I guess. Um, the arranged marriage thing is a thing, I guess. It's a plot line that you can go with, sure. Um, then he's also just a bad person because he clearly knows that her feelings are a certain way and he's taking advantage of them. I get why. Again, he's kind of like um, Neko in the fact that he has justification for his emotions. Unlike Aki and uh, Makabe, our two main characters, because they while they have justification for their emotions and their feel like the their actions they're very shallow and years old and something that most of us would have just gotten over already like it's like and i'm not saying that you have to get over things on the same pace as everybody else but it's not big enough of an issue to justify them being as big of a dick as they're being in the season. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So it just does kind of seem a little bit out of pocket. Like, 
okay, so you're just bad because you're just bad. Like, there's no empathy. I have no empathy for these characters to be like, oh, well, I, I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Like, I get that it's shitty, but like, I, I feel bad for them. I don't feel bad for them. I think they're just dicks. No. There's, there's not enough growth or development, especially in this season, mm. to where you have the ability to feel empathy mm-hmm. for most of the characters involved. Yeah. I guess just there's there's not enough. The there are holes all over the place. There's more holes than this than a block of Swiss cheese. Like it's mm-hmm. a problem. It's just I don't know, man. Like it's not <sighs> Well it's like Maccabe's whole thing, the whole thing is that he was rejected by Aki when he was like six and he's basing all of this level of revenge on that rejection which just kind of is creepy like it's like so a girl says no to you albeit harshly and you remember it for a decade and then target her to make her fall in love with you so that you can enact your revenge on her for something she did when you were children. Like, it's bad. Especially considering the fact that he has no intentions of any kind of revenge for the boys who were actively bullying him. So, it feels weird. I I agree. I 100% agree. I don't know. I don't really know what else to say on this other than the fact the plot hole was kind of jank. The plot hole, the pacing was kind of janky as well. The It's just inconsistent and the story doesn't flow very well. So you're between episodes and then you catch up on, you watch the next episode and it's not um, cohesive and the ending is very abrupt. It's, you don't appreciate the characters enough. You don't like them enough. You don't back them enough. You don't ship them. And then you have the ending bit. You think it's going to go one way. It doesn't quite go the way that you think it's going to go, but it also goes exactly the way that you think it's going to go, weirdly. And then the show ends. And you're like, okay. (laughs) I I guess. And it really was one of those things of, it's like, you don't, you don't know if you're getting a second season. Obviously, anybody who watched it didn't think they were going to get a second season. I remember when the first season was over, there were a lot of people that were like, um, are we going to get anything going forward? Because it, there were just so many questions left with it. And mm-hmm. there were literally no answers because the English version of the manga wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't find it anywhere. So you really couldn't figure out like whether or not a, if you wanted to keep going or just anything going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's all that's all I had to say on it. Three and a half. What do you give it? Yeah, three and a half. I three point five. I'm giving it a two. <laughs> I'm giving it a two. Um I'll give it one point for the OP, because it's fine. And one point for the general animation, although I will critique the character design of Makaba because um uh he at one point there's um two characters on screen and you can't tell which one is which 
because him and an NPC <laughs> are identical. And you're looking at it and you're like, who's the main character? I can't tell. So they don't get multiple points for the animation because they were because the character design for him was so generic. <laughs> oh, it really is like generic NPC main character vibes on his design. 100%. Yeah. Second season animation much better. Was was a bigger fan of how much they cleaned it up. <laughs> okay. God. I think we Six should watch the second doesn't season. Justify the upgrade. Yeah. I I do kind of want to watch the second season because I want to see what they do with it. Because I will give them mad props if they can explain away this season. I genuinely do not understand how they could fix it, which is why I want to watch the second season because I'm so curious, is because you say that they fix a lot of these plot holes. Because right now, they, it's just They confusion. really do clean up a lot of shit. Yeah, they clean up a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, like, I didn't start connecting the dots of just how much they clean up until I was listening to you talk. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Yeah, there mm-hmm. are problems. And mm-hmm. granted, I had a list of problems going into this episode because rewatching through it, I was like, yeah, this is this is nowhere near as good as I remember it being because, you know, nostalgia glasses and it being the first rom-com that I watched. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was, yeah, it's got problems. It's got holes. It's got a lot of holes. Yeah. So recommendation is pending. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely pending. You know what? First season don't recommend at all. No. Because having to sit through an entire season for payoff. (laughs) Yeah. God, it's like me trying to tell people to get through the first season of Food Wars so they can actually enjoy what's to come. Yeah. The funny thing is, is though, (laughs) when you've watched enough anime, you just enjoy the first season. (laughs) It's it's like, you got to get them past the point of no return. When they're hooked on anime, then introduce Food Wars. Or, see, here's the thing, right? I am, I personally am fine with the first season of Food Wars. Does not bother me whatsoever to watch that by myself. I only feel embarrassment whenever I show it to people. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm not a weirdo, I promise, but this is good. Yeah, like, I don't have a thing for hentai. Don't pay attention to the fucking peanut butter tentacles in the first fucking episode. (laughs) Like, this is... (laughs) I swear, it's fine. You just... Give it time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because, God, it's so good. It's so good. You know that painting um, with the the waves like the old japanese painting with the waves um that they do like renditions of they do prints of it with like pugs and like stuff like painted into the waves do you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah the Mm -hmm. artist who did that also painted um this painting with a woman i think it's like the fisherman's wife's dream or something um which is, uh, as far as I'm aware, the first rendition of tentacle porn, because it's a, a squid and a woman, same artist, like hundreds of years ago. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I've learned something today. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what, it's then. something like that. It's something like the the 
fisherman's wife's dream or something the dream of the fisherman's wife something like that same artist though so yeah interesting yeah so that really okay. famous painting am... done by an artist that uh possibly now created ruined. now Bourne. now very ruined <laughs> wow <laughs> art history that's oh, what my degree is being paid you. for <laughs> Oh, you taught me something, so I I will one hundred percent count that as a win. Worth <laughs> <laughs> all that money? Oh. Was it though? Was it? <laughs> I mean, using the studio oh. was kind of cool, but now I'm at home with a broken arm, so you know, <laughs> it's fine. Totally Everything's fine. You'll degree. you'll be back soon enough. You'll be back soon enough. One day. One day. Um, but yeah, uh, that's it. I don't really, if you want to watch this anime, go ahead, torture yourself. If you spot any more plot holes, share them with us. We want to know. Yeah. Tell us, tell us all about it. Uh, is it a hentai? Uh, Not a hentai. Harem. I got hentai in my head now. (laughs) (laughs) That's in my head now. (laughs) Love that for me. Oh, all right. This has spiraled enough. It really has. <laughs> Let's leave. Oh, what do you want to? What do you want to do next week? You want to do season two, or you want to do something else? Fuck it. Let's do season two. All right, season two next week. So look forward to that, or don't. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, season two next week, the socials, Blues Lavenders, Brad Carter Gaming, or Brad Garen, uh, VO. Yeah. yeah, I can't forget the VO part. That's very important, I guess. Branding. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> and B&B and then Anime. B&B Anime. <clears throat> yeah, B&B Anime. Literally everywhere. Fancy poster behind me that, you know, B&B Anime. <laughs> that is uh, flipped and reversed on my screen because fuck it why not but yeah thank you all so much for listening blue and i greatly appreciate it we'll catch y'all next time love you bye bye